<laughs> I remember I remember that conversation vividly. Mummy, Daddy said I can have a horse, a pony. Don't be, don't be silly, son. Don't be silly. I like that you knew to aim high. You're like, can I be in the Beatles? And he's like, no. And I can I have a pony? He's like, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you can have a pony. Yeah, I mean, I can't let him down. I already told it's, him. You no know, about when the you Beatles. think about it, it's, it's two of the two of the best things that can happen to you, isn't it? Really, be, yeah. either being in the Beatles or, or having a pony. <laughs> it's a tough choice, really. It is, yeah. Tokyo tonight. Colin, how are you? Hey, what's going on, man? That's good. You brought me out. I didn't even have to move. <laughs> you remember the uh, the name of the tour? It was it was Ringo Starr, you, John Waite, um, uh, Sheila E. Yeah, and I think somebody else. Am I wrong? Maybe somebody else. Yeah, Paul Carrick on. Keyboards. That's who it is. Yeah, Paul Carrick. Yeah, that was that an was, awesome uh, show. That was two thousand and three. Yes, I was a junior in high school, and that was the first. Uh, the first tour that I'd done with Ringo, who's been doing this uh, Ringo Starr and his All Star Band for thirty mm -hmm. years, so yeah, that was the first. That was the first time I got invited to do it, and um, so yeah, that's a that's eighteen years ago, something like that, nineteen years ago. It was so you guys were amazing. We were we were like really pumped to see everybody, and it was the first time I'd seen you live. Um, and you guys all every every single one of you, everybody just crushed. It was great. It was such a great show. Excellent. Oh, that's good yeah. to know. <laughs> was it the first time you'd worked with any of those guys too? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I always wonder what the dynamic is like in that kind of situation. Cause you got to be aware of each other's music, but like, do you have to learn everybody's stuff or is it just kind of like you're yeah. already familiar with it? No, you learn, you learn the stuff before you get to rehearsal. Okay. You know, you yeah. don't want to get, you don't want to get to rehearsal and say, okay, how does this one go? <laughs> you want right. you want to know you want to know how it goes and then yeah. what happens after that as well but right. um no one of the great things about playing in Ringo's band is that you get to it's like a covers band you know you get to play other people's songs yeah. and be a be a sideman for for everybody else and um and also you know you're playing with Ringo so yeah. you turn around and one of the guys that played in the Beatles is playing with you so it's <laughs> It never, it, it never ceases to, um, to be uh, just this side of surreal. We've, we've had a bunch of other guests on, like musical guests and stuff like that. And it's funny because every time they get to interact with a Beatle, they, I'm always amazed because they act just as big of fans as like anybody else would be who's not in the music industry. We just assume you all know each other. Same way with stand-up comedians. Like everybody yeah. always thinks we all just know each other. But it's cool when like we, we hear that you guys are genuine fans of the same people everyone on the outside is fans of, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's cool that you have that kind of admiration for, you know, like a beetle, same way we do. Absolutely. And completely. That's one of the, that's one of the, um, the le that's one of the great things about playing in Ringo's band is that, um, you know, there isn't so much, there aren't so many, well, there's no real issues with ego in Ringo's band because mm -hmm. everyone, everyone is doing it 
because of Ringo. So right. all the other all the other dynamics that usually happen in bands don't really happen so much, you know, uh, because of the fact that everyone just wants to play with Ringo, you know. Right. So you go, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> and um, and then you and then you get to sing songs that you never really imagined you'd be you'd be performing. You know, I mean, it's hard right. enough. It's it's challenging enough learning your own songs. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's good. Yeah, I, it's it's good that that one you saw in two thousand and three. Uh, I was the only guitar player in the band, so I was quite I was quite um, nervous about the whole thing because I had wow. to kind of cover a lot of ground. But uh, it worked out okay, I think. Yeah, and that's cool that there's no ego too, because I noticed there's like you know, because Sheila E has the basically that one hit wonder, you know, uh, the glamorous life. But then they did like a few of your songs, so I always wondered like you know like it's like they've got to learn more of your songs is it weird or is it i think i think uh, i think sheila did three i think we all did three songs from memory okay yeah yeah, yeah. maybe maybe you're just not remembering the other two i may not remember (laughs) that's really shitty yeah i feel bad now (laughs) she's she's amazing but i was like i think there was only the one i hope she's coming on next week so i could talk to her about this (laughs) she's uh she's a a a monster drummer to play with she's a great drummer to play with too she's um Really great. Even at sound checks, if you'd be messing around with ideas, she was always right there, you know. So yeah, she was terrific. Yeah, I remember she was incredible watching her do that kind of stuff. I always love what looking at the drummers in a band because they just look like they're having a just a blast the entire time they're doing it. Well, the drummer in Ringo's band now is is a is a master drummer, a great great drummer, and a big fan of Ringo. So that helps. His name's Greg Bissonette. He's a oh, he used cool. to play with um, David Lee Roth and a lot of other people, but. Wow. He's fantastic. He's a fantastic drummer, and then of course there's Ringo in the band as well. So, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> no one, no one, no one swings like Ringo. Right. Yeah. Do you remember what your first instrument was? Piano. Piano. Oh wow. Okay. Because you were and telling me gave, backstage, I gave it up. You know, my, my biggest regret. Oh really? Yeah. You know, because I wanted to go out and play football, and uh, you know, I didn't want to practice, and so I gave it up. Um, Stupid, stupid person. I still get annoyed <laughs> with myself now. Did you never try to pick it back up? Yeah, I'm learning. I'm trying to learn now, but I'm, you know, it's it's tricky when you're when you're old no. <laughs> and uh, learning an instrument. But um, I've got the book, you know, um, uh, piano for for older beginners. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't even know there was a book. <laughs> yeah, there's a few. That's incredible. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Oh, do you ever tempted to like uh-huh. ask ask somebody that you know, like, hey, you want to teach me piano? Who's like the greatest piano? <laughs> like, why don't you just come over? No, I mean, I, I I have taken a couple of lessons from from people, but I'd, I I was I was I started to take lessons from a guy actually down in the valley, really good teacher. Um, just but then the pandemic hit, you know, so I had to stop mm. that for the last couple of years. But I'll get back to it when um when I'm in town. I like. I like working with a teacher because um, it just it's just better for your discipline. You know, if you're teaching yourself, you get to it, but then you forget. But if yeah. you go every week, you have to practice. Otherwise, you know, it's like you feel like you're about seven again, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's nice to have somebody else there where it feels like you don't want to let them down. You know what I mean? Like, it's like working out with a friend at a gym where you're like, I got to go for them. If I go for me, I'm just going to stay home and eat cake. Yeah, I don't think that they're particularly let down. You know, they just think you're a loser. 
you know, for not practicing. <laughs> right. You well, know, they, they don't go, want that either. They go home and have their dinner. They don't care. <laughs> you were telling me backstage that your parent, your first music store was one that your parents owned. So you grew up around music when you were younger. Yeah, that was it. Everywhere wow. I looked, it was music. Yeah, and mm. um, it was brilliant. I mean. I didn't realize it at the time. I didn't real, realize that that was the golden age of music. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you, on a Monday, you'd you get the deliveries, and I Feel Fine would come in in the pristine little white <laughs> little packages, and you'd put it on the turntable. And or, or after the shop closed, my father would sit me down and say, have a listen to these guys and play me a track by the Beatles. And uh, yes. it would just, just blow my mind, you know, to the point where I, would, I used to say to him, can I be in the Beatles, Daddy? Can I be in the Beatles? <laughs> Yeah, no, Did he, he say yes be. because you ended up on stage with Ringo? <laughs> no, he, no, he said you can't. You can't be in the Beatles song. No, they, they, you can't be in the Beatles. I said, no. Well, can I have I'm a sure. pony? Can you have a pony? I can have a pony. Say, you can have a pony. Oh, that's I great. said, oh, great. He says, well, where will you keep it? I said, I'll keep it in the bathroom. <laughs> I remember. I remember that conversation vividly. Mummy, Daddy said I can have a horse, a pony. <laughs> don't, be, don't be silly, son. Don't be silly. I like that you knew to aim high. You're like, can I be in the Beatles? And he's like, no. And I can I have a pony? He's like, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, you can have a pony. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't let him down. I already told it's, him you no know, about When the you think about it, it's, it's two, of the, two of the best things that can happen to you, isn't it, really? Be, yeah. Either being in the Beatles or, or having a pony. <laughs> it's a tough choice, really. It is, yeah. But now you could have like a whole field of ponies. Can you get them now? Do you, do you still feel like the interest? I don't want a pony. No. You don't want a pony? I don't okay. want a pony. Con, I think it would have been great if you would have just turned your camera around and a pony would have been right there. <laughs> he, just, he just walks behind yeah. him eating some hay. We're like, is that a pony? The things, you don't, the things you don't think of. Yeah. <laughs> Ringo's see that's that's the thing too I feel like you're at the point you know or not even just now just in general though like you could ask anybody for a pony and they would get you one immediately maybe I've got a few friends have uh I've got ponies not very close to me actually a couple of my closest friends ride ride horses but um wow. you know it's, it's one of those things you go ah oh, maybe tomorrow yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's so crazy. That's the difference between uh, uh, you and me. Is that though? That's an option for you. And I'm like, I think I'm gonna have uh, McDonald's for dinner. <laughs> like that's my big get. It's like I might get. I don't know. I'm on the road. Do I want? Do I want? To where would you? My what, where would you? Where would you? Like where will you go to have dinner? Like what's your fate? What's your favorite uh, fast food of choice? Fast do you, food do, of you, choice. do you eat fast food? For, do you eat fast when food I'm on, pretty much? Yeah, sadly, when I'm on the road, sometimes it's like you know what it you know what it's like. So it's like two o'clock in the morning. The only thing that's open. My my choices for fast food are usually Wendy's or uh, Taco Bell because okay. I hate my insides. Interesting. Yeah. All what right. about you? I don't really have a favorite. You know, mm. um, I don't really like it to be honest. I I, I find I it difficult. Yeah, it's you know? not great. It's like it's usually like the very last minute. Like if I if it's too late and I'm starving and I have no choice and I'm driving, then I then I break down and do it. But I always regret it. You know, I, you know, the in and out burger is a big thing in California. You know, yeah, yeah. and uh, <clears throat> people like that. And um, <clears throat> but uh, 
it's 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 difficult, you know. I mean, even if you like eating meat, it's it's tough to, it's tough. You just think about the, what those poor cows wandering oh, yeah. around in fields, and you go. Especially you drive around, you see those huge big farms, you know, and you go, God, this is just terrible. You know, this this is not good. Yep. No, I know but, what you mean. Um, my, uh... I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not a, a militant vegetarian or anything. You know, I. But um, it's a. I think that we have to get um, at some point get past that. I think you know. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I've I've done the veg like I I've I felt bad because I've gone fallen off the wagon to to a certain extent where I was vegetarian for a while. The um one of my best friends who I travel on the road with, Joanne Filan, she's a vegetarian. So when I'm on the road with her, sometimes it's just really easy when you're with somebody to like she'll always figure out where the good places to eat are. Yeah. Where they're yeah, not takes, murdering animals. Takes, <laughs> you know? it takes a takes a bit of effort to, to it figure does, it out. Yeah. You know? Um but the but it, is, it was... is better, you know, it is better. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy it better, really. I mean, it's not like I don't ever um not eat some kind of animal product or a little right. fishy, you know, but it's 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 very rare. Um yeah. but whenever I do eat a basically a plant based diet, I, I feel a lot better, you know. Me too. I always feel better. You look better. I sleep better. I don't know why. It's it's amazing that nobody's like. Is that what, is that what you use for your? Is that why your your um? Is that why your beard is looking so resplendent? That is. I'm I'm well rested. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm I'm putting that on my resume, and I'm like, Colin Hay likes beard. <laughs> like, gonna, I'll tell you the truth, Colin. He takes those women's wanted days for hair and nails, even though they say well, women. Why, well, why not? You know. <laughs> Women, he women is. know things. Women know things we don't. Oh my god! <laughs> One of my friends is trying to get me to do a face mask thing, and I, re not that I refuse, but I just, I can't. That takes a level of discipline I don't have. The face mask thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, like they, they, yeah. you know, the stuff that goes under the eye, and then your face cucumbers. is green. Cu yeah, cucumbers. cucumbers. On the eyes? Yeah, I'm not there yet, man. I can't. I don't know. Maybe it'll benefit, <laughs> but I, I can't do it. A nice spa day. Yeah. That's going to be the name of this episode: Spa Day with Colin Hay. <laughs> i like it i i like a you know i like a a foot massage and a facial is is yeah as, as much as the next man yeah is there stuff you what, what do you kind of treat yourself to when you're on the road when you're doing shows and gigs and stuff like that is there anything you'll splurge on no 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 it's really it's boring i'm complete i i mean i really i I mean, I want to say I get bored with myself. I don't really get bored with myself, but it, it's all about those two hours now. You know, yeah. it used to it used to be a lot different. You know, it used to be wild. You know, back in when you're touring with a band and I was drinking and mm -hmm. taking everything and just throwing everything down my neck and up whatever you, wherever you could. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was and you know because you're young and you think you're you're infallible and you're you can live forever and so forth mm -hmm. and then. I had to stop all that, you know, about 30 years ago. So hmm. basically what uh, what I, I replaced that with was was playing shows and going out on the road. So there was a the kind of a salvation factor in in being creative or trying to be creative and making up tunes and recording them. There's kind of three, three phases, you know, you can write a tune and record it and then put it out and and then go on the road. And um, yeah try and get people to come along so those two hours become really what it's about you know so yeah. if i if i'm on tour it's usually up until now it's it's really only just been with one guy right to a manager on a van 
and you drive for four hours to a to a place and you trek into a hotel and mm-hmm. then you go and do a sound check and you have you know some nuts and something to eat or something or <laughs> whatever you can find right that they've, that, they've, that they've brought to the gig for you sure and you, and then you do the show and then you go back to the hotel and that's it you know you, yeah. you do re- repeat for about three months right and um and i hardly really talk during the day either because you know you want to just save your save your voice and so forth so it becomes it becomes those two hours become um the really the the exciting part of the day if you like you know yeah yeah do you ever miss it what taking drugs and drinking a lot yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> the uh, bands that taking drugs drinking hanging out um not really i i i immediately go to the to the scary part of it you know yeah the blackouts and the and the dark dark moments and the hangovers and the right. you know trying to re, trying to retrace my steps and you know waiting for the fog to lift to figure out whether you did anything really horrendous the night before <laughs> you know and yeah. uh and so no i don't miss i don't miss all that i mean occasionally i'll get if if like my wife or something will open a bottle of wine and it'll drift across i'll go ah oh, I remember that, you know, but it's been about <laughs> been about thirty years or something now. So, wow, no, I mean, like... I think I think what what I the danger for me is if I get to a town and there's a nice um, if there's a nice guitar store in that town, mm-hmm. then that's a bit of a danger for me, you know. I, I do yeah. like going into guitar stores, and if I go into a guitar store, you know, the chances are I'll, I'll come out with one, you know, and yeah. that's really the last thing I need, you know. But that's right. also that's also just another addiction that I transferred from alcohol to acquiring guitars. But right, it's a yeah. little it's a little bit healthier, but it's still quite a, an expensive habit, you know. Sure. But um, but I'm I'm trying to kind of curtail that of, of late as well. Right. But you know what's cool about that though? You get to kind of get away with it because you know if your wife ever said anything, you can be like, could have been drugs, but I bought this guitar. <laughs> no, she's she's very she never she's um she's completely fine with it you know she oh, never she never uh <laughs> she's accepting of my she's accepting of that particular habit yeah does she, does she have like a, a a thing that she loves does she love shoes or bags or something that no i'm a bit i'm a bit i'm a bit of a shoe person to be honest with you more really? than her yeah I, I do like an italian shoe yes for sure um but i can't really wear regular shoes i mean you get to a certain age and you just think it's sneakers from this point out you know really mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah you know because i've got lovely shoes and i just can hardly wear them because half an hour in you're going what the fine and i put these on you know <laughs> no uh, yeah. cecilia's very um she's quite frugal in many ways you know she could be she could go out and do a, a lot more serious damage than she does yeah, yeah. um but uh yeah we both we both kind of do the same thing in a way we're both especially since this um pandemic happened you know we both stay at home and we've been writing a lot of songs and just kind of working with different people and sending files here and sending files there that's been all we've really been doing and occasionally you know we go upstairs and make a bit of food and then uh, walk the dog go down the beach and walk the dog and that's about it you know nice yeah. No, it's not yeah. a bad life, really. You know, no, no. Could could be a lot worse. I have a weird like I, my my thing is I love leather jackets, 
and I've got like 10 speaking of cattle, by the way, which is just so sad. Like I, like at one yeah. point I actually thought about it and I was like, what, like, I think I would murder a whole field of cattle just to have the perfect leather jacket. That's like younger, like, and now I've yeah. like rationalized it where I'm like, well, they're making them anyway. So I don't want to wait, you know, that's my rationale, but I've stopped yeah. buying them because I did feel bad, but I did for yeah. a while. Like if I went out on the road and I saw like a cool, you know, jacket, I buy it like it, like instantly and there's no reason yeah. to have but that's like my thing i just i think jackets i can awesome. i can i can understand that completely yeah you know absolutely um clothes are are very addictive you know yeah and there's something there's some kind of connection i feel between i don't know what it is exactly but between performers and the type of jacket they wear on stage summer winter but it just makes you feel like that's your uniform for the day yeah, there's a lot of people. A lot of people wear really hot, warm coats in the middle of summer. You know, I, I can understand it, but uh, I think it's a bit silly. Oh uh, yeah, because you overheat. But you know, it's the vanity thing. But you're just going. Whenever I see somebody on stage is wearing a really warm coat in a hot summer's day, I always think to myself, he must be sweating a lot under that. Yeah, you know? yeah. There's yeah. there's more than a couple times I've been at a comedy <laughs> club where like the lights are beating down, and I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Yeah, just like yeah. pouring sweat. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm wearing a leather jacket in 90 degree heat. Um, you were you're talking about the pandemic and the stuff you had done. Uh, what there, happened you got... was um, there's this young lad from a, from Sydney in Australia who um, no, I think he's I'm not sure where he's from to be honest. Um, he might be from Perth. Um, okay, not sure, but his name's Lude, L U U D E. Mm -hmm. He um, he did a um, he remixed and did an electronic version of of uh, of Down Under. Oh, okay. and and, yeah. uh, and he asked me if I would get involved with it and uh, send him a new vocal. So I did that. Oh, nice. And uh, and then he put it out, and um, it's kind of going nuts. You know, it's going it's going pretty crazy. It's uh, it's number one in, in New Zealand. I've heard, yeah. Wow. I've seen it on TikTok in Australia. Yeah, I just did a wee TikTok thing as well. You'll need to have a look at that. It's a bit silly. Uh, so yeah, that so that's what's happened, and it, that's interesting and and amazing, really, and random. Um, you know, the song took about forty minutes to write down, and and um, it was released about forty years ago, and it's a hit again. You know, forty years later, it's it's quite quite remarkable and and extremely. I would not have predicted that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's cool though because do you, do you still get like uh joy out of seeing your stuff in movies because i've seen it in movies tv shows um one of one of my favorite appearances from you is from i love the show scrubs like one of my all-time favorite shows and i remember you were in the episode overkill which is named after the song yeah. and that was like but you were on two other times too how did that did you just build a relationship with um uh, Zach Zach or, yeah well he uh he um no we just had a mutual a couple of mutual friends and um I remember seeing him at a party a long time ago and before he was in scrubs mm. and he said, I've got this gig in this television show. I said, Oh, good man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the star. I said, Oh, more power to you. And, uh, <laughs> he said, I'll, I'll take your CDs in there and see if I can get a couple, you know, get a couple of songs on the show. Wow. And I said, you, why don't you do that? That's a very good idea. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> and so that's what he did. And uh, he went and took my songs to the guy that created the show, a guy called Bill Lawrence. And um, yep. and they used a bunch of songs over the over the the seasons that were that they were on air. So, as a matter mm -hmm. of fact, he was a bit 
that guy Bill Lawrence um, annoyed with the fact that you know that he hadn't heard of these songs and didn't understand why my songs. He said to me, you know, why are these songs not on the radio? And I said, that's a very good question. Right. I don't know the answer to that. But um, so he, he thought he took it upon himself to try and uh, increase my profile, which um, which he did. And so um, I'll be forever grateful to them because they they increased my audience and of course opened opened my you know visibility to people like yourself that, that saw scrubs so yeah um it's a great thing um because it was kind of a, a popular show but it was still kind of a cool show it was still a bit culty you know it was it wasn't kind of like you know big mainstream show it was it was um yeah. it was mm -hmm. interesting and uh so i liked it yeah yeah it felt very cool for my I, I i know what you mean like my friends and i would watch it but it wasn't one of those things that like i think my parents were into at the time or anybody it was just strictly yeah. for my generation when we were coming up yeah. so it was it's still like i have all the dvds it's still one of my favorite tv shows of right. all time yeah um now this might be wrong because i read this a long time ago and i maybe you can correct me i have no idea yeah so uh waiting for my real life to begin is one of my favorite songs yeah and I read that that's, uh, that's that's correct, John. Thank you're you. Not wrong. <laughs> you know, that is that's completely correct. Yes, that was my question. Is that one of my favorite songs? Please, it is. Yes. The eight hundred dollar question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I had read that it was about um, a time in your life where uh, I think your wife had given you advice just about being present, and maybe you were kind of waiting for like, or maybe the song is about somebody who's really not. Um, uh, present in their real life like stuff is miss passing them by because they're waiting to become famous or they're waiting for their next big thing and they're missing all the little things is that true that's completely wrong ah what is it about <laughs> that's so no, sad no, no. but that is what i read no no, no i just had to I, I just had to say that oh okay um, <laughs> i was like what if i base my whole life on that song and you're like incorrect no. you know what you know what's really good though it's all right if you're confidently wrong. You know, there's a lot mm. of people that go through yeah. their whole lives who are confidently wrong about everything, you know? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of that going around right now. There's a know. lot of that happening right now in this, yep. uh, fair, in this fair land. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Uh. Um, uh, so, yeah, I think it's really about that. I mean, I think it's about, uh, what is it about? I think it's, I think a lot of my songs, is, that was sort of written around the early 90s. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of the songs around that period of time were, I didn't actually realize it at the time, but I think they were all about, um, you know, the aftermath of having come out of uh, an, an addictive period, you know. And so um, it's it's that it's that situation that a lot of people are in that I, that I find I've found myself in and still do find myself in um, at periods of time. I think trying to just, you know, trying to kind of uh, uh, not, not be too verbose, verbose about it, which is um, getting away from me right now. But um, uh having a big moment like I had with the old band was one of those things where you think to yourself, okay, that's my, that's where I want to be. I've had that. I've experienced basically, you know, the top of the food chain as far as my chosen life is concerned and my occupation. And right. you think to yourself, okay, that's my yardstick. I want to get back there. You know, I want to get, I want to 
live like that. That's really important for me to be number one again and all that kind of stuff, you know. And right. so you're, you're doing all these things and you have this aspiration and this goal. And then you you completely um, you completely misunderstand. You completely uh, you're not present at all for 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 whoever or whatever you're doing at that particular time because you're yeah. too busy being focused on what what you what you really want down the line, or else you're thinking about what has been before. You know, mm -hmm. and I I, I found that to be the case um, myself when I would go out on the road and I would think okay. You know, my old band broke up and I was playing to 40 people, 50 people, which was kind of weird, you know, because a few years before that, I've been playing to maybe 150,000 people. And now right. I'm playing to 40 and I think to myself, that's a bit strange, isn't it? And, um, <laughs> and, they, and you know, and the, the, audi the audience would be there and, and I, can, I could sense from them, they were kind of thinking, they were, they were a bit embarrassed for me, you know, thinking, what, why is he still doing this? Why is he playing to just us you know it's like playing to your your, your some in your living room you know right and i thought well this will be this will be an interim thing you know that I, i'm doing this because i want to get back to those you know lofty peaks of superstardom kind of thing you mm -hmm. know but yeah. uh, after a while i started to just relax into it and i started to talk to people when i was doing shows and and i started to just think oh this is this is where i'm supposed to be right here right. and so it, i became a bit more relaxed about about everything you know mm -hmm. and i think it was i think it was a healthier a healthier thing to to do because otherwise you can end up you know going a bit mad yeah 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 i I, know? I i don't know how many times i've thought about that song because you can get swept when you have a career that you're focused on especially when it's you know performing and stuff like that and you're working on booking gigs and going out on the road there's no time schedule for that kind of stuff you know what i mean it's not like you clock in and out like a regular job so you're working yeah there's 24 hours where you're supposed to be doing stuff and you never feel yeah. like you're doing enough. And I remember when I, you know, first heard that song, it was, it was, it really hit me. Cause I was like, cause you know, you're who you are and you've had all that uh, success and men at work and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I, I always wondered like how you took the time in between all that to, to not even like calm down. That's probably the wrong word to do it. But like, what do you do to stay centered and focused and to pull yourself out of that when you notice yourself getting caught up in it? Well, I, when when it, it all just it all just fell away from me, you know, it all just mm. went away. You know, my old yeah. band broke up, and I and I and I left Melbourne and I came to live here, yeah, in Southern California, and I had nothing. I mean, I I had you know I wasn't poor, you know, I had some mm. money in the bank, yeah. and um, I could still play and sing, but I didn't have. I I'd been dropped by a major record label, MCA Records. They they dropped dropped me. I didn't have any management. Not that I particularly wanted any management, but right. you know, there's something unseemly or something about having <laughs> having a manager when you're a grown person. But um, <laughs> but anyway, I didn't have I didn't have a manager, and um, and I didn't have an agent. You know, an mm -hmm. agent's important because they can get you a gig. You know, that's yeah. that's important. But right. somebody just managing you, it's kind of like well. What do they do? You know, <laughs> move move a few bits of paper around the desk and go. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get there. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, we're gonna. Yeah, it's gonna make up a few cars. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. You just described ninety percent of the managers I've ever. Had. I was like, is he doing an impression? Is he is he mocking me right now? <laughs> oh God. So um, 
So what were we talking about? I can't remember now. What were we saying? <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have. I didn't have anything going. So it wasn't like I. I. I was really doing anything. I was kind of going okay. Yeah. You know, I made a CD down here where I'm sitting. This is my studio here. So I would make a CD, and I didn't. I didn't have any. I didn't know how to. How to even. Um, you know, manufacture a CD. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. So I just did it myself. So mm -hmm. which meant someone would write to me and say, "I want your CD," and I would go, <laughs> "Right, okay, I'll get right onto that." <laughs> <laughs> and I would, I would put it in a wee bag and go down to the post office and send it to them. I did that for <laughs> for years. I did. Oh that. my god. That's so yeah. great. And it was crazy. They probably have no idea that you were the one doing it. They're like, he's got a whole company and a factory that yeah. does it. I, I, I think they did because of the, because of the scrawly handwriting on the envelope. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's great though. Well, that is humbling then, I guess in a way. Did you, did, was it like weird for you to come to live to LA when you first got there? Cause when I moved there, it was, even though I had been out there like for regular shit, Living out there is it's like fucking culture shock. It's completely different than anything else. Was it weird for you to go from Melbourne to LA? Um, well, I think it's I think it uh, I don't think it was really that bad, really that weird because I wanted to come here because mm -hmm. I need I well I actually needed to come here because it all had to do with had to do with three things. I was getting divorced. And I was, uh, I'd been dropped by, um, I'd been, uh, no, I had a, I had a, I had a record deal, which was based here in Los Angeles okay. and, and I was having trouble with a drink. So everything was kind of pointing away from Melbourne to come here. Mm -hmm. And so I came here and it was a very, uh, believe it or not, it was a very calming place for me to come to because I wasn't drinking anymore and wow. I lived up. I lived where I am now. I've been living in the same place for over 30 years. And, uh, oh, wow. and, um, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, uh, so I, um, I really welcomed it. I, I really welcomed it. So for me, Los Angeles has a lot of, um, has a lot of light attached to it because I was, I was, I wasn't waking up, you know, with in darkness and kind of in, yeah. in, in in um alcoholic desperation you know not desperation right. but just waking up going oh my god you know this is i'm still in this i'm still in this spiral you know yeah so i i kind of got off that you know stepped off the the merry-go-round and and came here so and i met i met really great people when i first came i met like three people who are still my closest friends and i met them all very very um you know at the same time really around 92 93 mm -hmm. and uh, and they're still my they're still my best friends here there's only three of them but there were and each one of them was kind of instrumental in many ways to my happiness you know or my my well-being just um right in term, in terms of just having having people to um call up and go look at what he did you know and, you know and, and, and gossip with you know yep no, I know what oh, you mean. It's nice never, when you have people like that. You'll never guess what he, what happened to him. <laughs> oh, we need we need to talk about that. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, man. That's awesome. I feel like if I move back out to LA, I hope I have that experience as opposed to the one I had when I moved out there. The first, I went with no money. I drove cross country. I lived in an airman. Like 
I like your version. <laughs> yeah. And the light better than uh Yeah, mine was mine was a bit rarefied, you know, because I had because yeah. I had the hits, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't have any hits. <laughs> you know, that's 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 the thing. You I know, just have the new That's beard why people say to me, you know, oh, do you get sick of playing that song? You know, and I go, No. Mm. You know, because um it's been very good to me. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing too, is like I'm I'm always genuinely happy. And somewhat surprised when like, cause we'll, we'll do stuff to, you know, uh, promote the show. Cause we do it live or whatever. And I always feel like hesitant. I'm like, Oh man, like how many times has this guy heard this song that I'm going to use? You know, it, it's your, and it's their song, but it's always very nice to hear that you guys love your songs. You know what I mean? As much as like we do, yeah. as opposed to yeah. just getting sick of them. Yeah. Well, I, I hear them every day in the supermarket, you know? And um, <laughs> I never thought about that. So, so I, I hear, I hear my friend Greg, um every day you know who's yeah so it means it means that you know I, I i feel good about that and then i also feel upset and a bit sad about that as well you know mm -hmm. yeah was there anybody that really inspired you when you were younger music wise um yeah obvious people you know like um mm -hmm. i mean the, for me there was the beatles and then there was everybody else right you know, there was whole lots of people my brother turned me on to. I mean, when I was growing up, um, I mean, I loved I loved the Beatles. You know, I, I loved the way everything about them. You know, the mm -hmm. yeah, the way that um, they had astonishing. You know, the fact that though just those those guys together, you know, seemed to create something which was just otherworldly. Right. <laughs> yeah, magic. It is. And there was and there was something else. I remember. I remember sitting at the Eglinton Cafe having a Coca-Cola and before I left Scotland to go to Australia and I heard I heard good vibrations and I thought to myself, oh, I wonder I wonder where what where that music was made, you know, and I wanted to thought mm. one day one day I hope to go there, you know. Yeah. That's a, that's another thing about California that I really love is that um it's not like it was, you know, back then. Mm. Um and maybe that's you know, you could argue that's a good thing or a bad thing, but but um, I can still, it's still in the air. Yeah, you know all those, all those songs, all those thing, all those, all that music that 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 got made that is indeed still being made. You know, you don't want to end up thinking that there's, you know, there was there isn't any any more a great music being made. But um, that was definitely a you know golden period, and uh, and that's one of the one of the great um, one of the the reasons that I really love about being here, I, I just I feel that um, I can coast on that a little bit, or just in, or still enjoy that, even although even although it's um, it's uh, in in the past in a way, you know, mm -hmm. like like you know, just imagining that you'll run into Johnny Mitchell somewhere. I mean, you know, you don't, but um, <laughs> you might, you might, yeah. Yeah, that was it, it, that you're absolutely right. Somebody had told me and described LA to me when I first moved out there. Um, they were like, that's basically your your LA is basically your entire office floor because there's everybody's working. You you don't know who you're going to run into at the supermarket or whatever because everybody is kind of like oddly famous. I met um I met Dave Grohl at a comedy club that I had done in Burbank for the entire time I was out there. And right. he was just in the audience. He was there to right. see a friend. And that's yeah. not stuff that happened to me on the East. It's not stuff that happened to me in, you know, even in New York. 
Like, yeah. I think I, you know, and that was, that blew my fucking mind. And he was yeah. super cool and just wanted to go see a comedy show. And I was like, really? Like a <laughs> but, normal, like yes. a normal human being. Right, exactly. <laughs> Which was not, no, I was like, that just happened. And people were like, a, they didn't really, they were just like, yeah, he just comes in. And I was like. I was, um, I, I, um, you know, when I first came to Los Angeles, I, I, I used to drive around and I would think to myself, everyone here is looking for something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't don't know what they're looking for. They're looking for something. Um, and I, and I was writing a song, but I, and I didn't have the end of the. I didn't I didn't know what people were looking for. So I, so I just I was going in my mind. I'm thinking, what are people looking for? Everyone's kind of you know coming here to realize some kind of dream, you know. And, right. and I was at. I found myself at a concert at the Greek Theater, and and I was standing there, and and. Um, I turned around and Jack Nicholson was standing there and I thought to myself, I can't miss out on this opportunity. Mm-hmm. So I said to him, oh, excuse me, Mr. Nicholson, uh, my name's Colin Hay. I just want to say that I'm a great big fan of yours. And he looked up at me and he said, I can't hear you. <laughs> and I got a little bit embarrassed, you know, and I, I went into the green room and I was standing there talking to two or three of these beautiful girls and mm-hmm. And, um, and then Jack, the door opened and Jack came in and he came straight up to me and he said, I just want to say I'm a great big fan of yours too. Oh, wow. And I got really excited. You know, I thought, wow, that's amazing. And then he walked off, you know, stood mm-hmm. for a minute and wandered off. And I was still talking to this girl, you know, and she's, and, but I was distracted. I kept on <laughs> looking over her shoulder to the point, to the point where she said, what are you doing, Colin? And I said, oh, you'll have to excuse me. I was just looking for Jack. She said, yeah, everybody's always looking for Jack. <laughs> and I thought, oh, thank you very much. Excuse me. I, I, need, to go, I need to go and finish my song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's wild. Are you the, are, are, is that kind of your nature? Are you the type to go up to people randomly? Because like, I know some people won't ever like talk to another person like they're starstruck by but like are you naturally like that uh, it depends you know usually what kind of um vibe you get from somebody you know yeah but usually i don't bother saying anything if somebody's wandering around the supermarket you know getting mm-hmm. their getting their um their fake cheese you know or something like that you know you, right <laughs> stocking up on their vegan cheese <laughs> that was oddly specific there's some anger there for fake cheese i feel like and, the, and their oat milk oh oh my god the oat milk dude i picked I like up some it. today like i'm not it. gonna lie yeah, yeah i like it i like it me too you know it's... i was i was quite keen on the almond milk but gone right off it gone right off it wow <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I got the I got the oat milk. My friend got me addicted to the oat milk because I can't have regular. This is this is sad. This is how older I, I can't have regular milk anymore a, at all. Like not, it's not. And my what friend happens? was like, "Try the oat milk." What happens oh. when you do? Uh, I, <laughs> what, I mean, what happens to you? <laughs> yeah, you got to see how the beard looks after one glass of milk. Right. It's basically yeah, all of this just stark white. Um, yeah, I disappear for about uh, a few hours into a bathroom and never come back out. <laughs> if I happen to have, you know, what's crazy. I'd go over to a friend's house and, uh, one of uh, this happened to me like before the pandemic. So whenever we were allowed to see people, but, uh, one of my friend's parents is just genuinely sweet and she still treats us like kids. 
And I went over there and she literally had a giant glass of milk, whole milk and, and cookies out for us. And oh, I, wow. my, my Italian up, like I could not say no because it had already been there. And I was like, I'm going to drink this and I'm going to have to go home. So I just <laughs> sat there and drank the whole thing. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm out. <laughs> then I just peaced out. Thank afterwards. you for the, thank you. And they, they said, what a rude man. <laughs> just you drank that milk, milk and went home exactly it was a lose-lose i couldn't be like i know you poured that but i can't have it so i was just like i don't know what to do here <laughs> so, so have you um have you been to italy i've never been i want to go but i've never been to italy i have i love it my I've family's from there um are you yeah you've been to, my family's from formia and i just know it from it's like on the coast um and i just think we're you know, poor probably. Uh, <laughs> my last name translates to poor man, so that's like it's poveromo. Uh huh. Um, yeah. So, so if you went there, I mean, people would just start talking to you. You know, I really? don't know if you speak Italian or not, but they would start talking to you because you look Italian. So they would just start, you know, they they in a conspiratorial fashion, you know, and you'd need <laughs> to pretend. You need to pretend you know what they're saying. <laughs> I'm gonna have to learn some other words other than the things my grandfather used. My great grandfather used to speak to me in Italian, and no. it was always "statajit uh, ashbeth." So just shut up, wait, and manja, eat. Shut up, wait, and eat. Right. And right. then you know other words. Uh, yeah, but that was it. The three, the three big ones. And when he got older, he would only speak in Italian, and we'd always have to be like, "Pop, we can't hear you. We can't. We don't know what you're saying. <laughs> like you, we know you're angry, and we know you probably want to eat or something along those lines, but we don't know what it means." But I've always wanted to go. I've always wanted to go Are to you? Australia too, even though it scares the shit out of me. Why does it scare you? I have the, the bugs the, or the the like. I've every time every time I read like a BuzzFeed article about Australia, it's like the ten things that can kill you, like in yeah. Australia, and it's always like these monstrous looking spiders and you know uh, crazy animals, man. It is it is extraordinary that so many people do actually make it to uh, you know adulthood there. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, there are so many things that can take you out, you know. Wow. There's, I don't know. You, you know, there's, there are, there's pretty scary spiders and there's, and there's stingers and there's right. all kinds of, all kinds of things. <laughs> but you would be fine. You'd be fine. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I you, would, you, I, you very, you very rarely see them. Okay. Okay. See, that's what I need to know. Like, if I knew that, because they don't make it seem like... I'll tell you what I do want to see if I do go to Australia. You guys have those giant flying looking bats, like the fruit, the foxes. Yeah, the flying foxes. Yeah, flying foxes. I want. Mm. I want to see one. I want to. I wouldn't yeah, mind pretty, having that in the house. That's that's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. A friend, that, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine, woke up hungover one time uh, from a party, and he left his window open, and he had one of those like that, just on his face, like that. <laughs> Oh my God, that's great! Yeah, but my we used to, my girl, my ex girlfriend. Well, she's my ex wife, really. Um, at that time, we weren't married, but we had this bit of land near the coast, and mm -hmm. we used to, you, we, we would walk down uh, through the wetlands, and we'd have to walk across a little creek to get right. to the sand dunes and then to the ocean. And um, we're walking across a little bridge, and. Um, she turned around and I was just talking to her and I can't really see out of my right eye very well, you know, mm -hmm. but I was just talking to her and she just was looking, she just looked at me and she didn't say it loudly, but she just looked at me and she said, snake. 
<laughs> and I went, and she pointed, you know, mm-hmm. and I turned and I turned around, and there was this black snake, you know, but maybe quite five, six foot long, just and he was up, and he was right. just like standing there, like he was like this, and he was just staring right at me, you know. Holy shit. It's like three or four feet away, maybe right. a little more. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and you discover that you can actually leap like eight feet across a little bridge if there's oh a black God. snake just there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, that was that really gets the adrenaline going, you know? And, yeah. And I told an old friend of mine that, that night, I said, oh, an old guy, a guy called Bernie, his name was. And I said, oh, Bernie, I said this. I just saw this black snake today and he just was staring right at me. And he said, ah, he said, you don't want to worry if a snake stares at you, Carl. You only want to worry if a snake frowns at you. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's people down there who have got all kinds of great advice. Right. <laughs> That'll save you. You'll say, yeah. oh, he's, a, he's okay. He's just looking at me. He's not frowning. Yeah. <laughs> like you're looking at a flight attendant on a plane and you're like, oh, if they're happy, you're good. You're good. It's fine. Yeah, well, I, well, the same thing applies. You don't, you know, it's a, it's a problem if a, if a flight attendant frowns at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. nowadays. <laughs> one, one of our uh, listeners is cyborg cassowary. So cassowaries are the deadliest bird. Those are down there in Australia oh, too, cassowaries, by the way. cassowaries, yeah. What other? But, it's a what? It's a what? A, a bird? A cassowary. One of our one of our listeners. Yeah, said, it's uh, one of the deadliest are... birds oh. down there. It's like a. I, I want to say it's like a big bird, almost like a somewhere in between an ostrich, but shorter. But they're supposed to be super aggressive. They've got these crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're basically like they call them like modern day raptors because they've got one huge claw. I think. And wow. uh, there's YouTube videos you can look them up. Um, when they go into their pens, they have to use, um, like police shields just in case they wind up attacking. And one of them, there's a video of one kicking the shield and it split it down the middle and the one had to back out. It's nuts. That's very interesting. Lucky lucky shot. Yeah. 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 Couldn't do that again. Could you? exactly yeah you guys got stuff like that there and like really jacked kangaroos which i'm kind of envy because i want to ask them like how do you get those neck muscles and like i know they can't speak so it frustrates me how do you do that do you lift what do you do i feel like if i went to australia with you john you'd end up like i'd turn around and you'd be in one of their pouches (laughs) (laughs) i am trying to fight it yeah people don't know i was born in a keebler elf tree that's the thing that i don't (laughs) often tell people I'm very, I'm very tiny. That's Colin. why your friend's mom keeps leaving out milk. Go eat cookies. Milk <laughs> at the cookies. So, also, one of our cyborg casualty actually asked, uh, he wants to know what some of your best experiences are with Ringo, like going from being a boy idolizing the Beatles. Do you remember like your best memories with him? Uh, well, you know, just just being up in 40,000 feet in the little plane after you finish playing with with yes. Ringo telling you a bit of a story about um, him and him and John, mm. you know, and it's it's that's that's pretty great, you know. As you're yeah, sitting there eating, eating a little apres show sandwich with Ringo going, "Yeah, well, that was awful." Awesome. <laughs> so he's got a little bit of Bob Dylan in him. 
<laughs> does. That's nice. Where you're like, I think I have to decode half of what he said. I saw one of my friends. Uh, yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Do you do you have any? I mean, I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on in the music industry and all this talk about people leaving Spotify now. Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, because you mentioned Joni before, it reminded me of it. Do you have any? Do you have any opinion on that kind of stuff about you know leaving uh, Spotify, protesting against that kind of stuff, or, or you know, do you support it? Yeah, I'm very, I'm very confused. Well, I'm not confused about it, but I am, I am torn because you know it's, uh, you know, it, it, it it's, it's it's like with a lot of things to do with um, what's going on with you in the, in the broad term with canceling people or cancel culture. I haven't really, right. I haven't really watched his podcast or I've seen little snippets, but I've never really seen, you know, what he does. Mm -hmm. um, but not that that really matters, you know, right. but there's a, there's a lot of people that rely on Spotify. The Spotify is really a, an important part of people's, um, uh, you know, it's all, it's 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 a big part of the of the equation now. You know, yeah. as far as making music is concerned, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I haven't really I haven't made up my mind about it yet. You know, but it is it is concerning for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like I mean it's got to be something that the music industry kind of talks about, or you guys as musicians kind of must mull around because it's it's getting to be the point where like you know, it's do or don't do, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't, I don't always like when people cast a spurt, like on sides and stuff like that, where you're like, Hey, I know exactly what you're thinking if you don't do this right now, you know? But like, on the, on the other hand, it's like, how could you not, how could you not talk about it or at least wonder like what you should be doing about it? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think about, I've been thinking about it a lot, but I, I, mm -hmm. I haven't, um, I don't know. I, I, I got to talk to a few people because I, I'm yeah. not, I don't have all the information really. Right. And, uh, and I, you know, yeah. I mean, I'm, I used to, I started off, you know, busking on the streets, you know, so mm -hmm. maybe that's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you really, uh, did you start as a busker? Yeah. Really? I'm so like, I'm so jealous of that. I feel like that's so interesting. Like that's such an interesting life experience. I know a lot of people that have done it and they make really good money and just expressing their music without like a giant yeah. stage to be on. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I did it. I went away. I, I, I went from Melbourne to Sydney to, to make it, you know, and came back to Melbourne with my tail between my legs. But yeah, for, 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 for periods of time I've, I've played in the street, you know, it's great. It's good. Yeah. And played in, you know, for years and years and years you play in, play wherever you can yeah you know, get the urge just to do it now like now that you're so big but if they didn't know who you are wear a little hat glasses so nobody knows it hey and then i'm not that i'm not that big believe me <laughs> <laughs> i had, yeah, I, had if, a, I had a moment you know but <laughs> you know but if you did a couple of songs from your moment do you think people would be like he sounds just I like played, that guy well, you know, I, I played I played down under, uh, at a friend of mine's wedding a few weeks ago, and this young guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, man, I love your version of that song. <laughs> and I said, I said, yeah, I wrote that song. And he said, wow, really? He said, yeah. He said, well, it was still good. <laughs> oh, God. That's got to be great. You're like, all right, I'm definitely going to go hit the bar. 
<laughs> I know it's been 30 years, but thanks, buddy. <laughs> I love, you know, that's, they're the thing. I mean, they're the little bits of, they're, they're the little small nuggets, the little thing that people say are just, you know, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I was in South Mel- the South Melbourne market in Melbourne a while. I, was, I love going to markets, you know, and, and um, mm. first of all, I walk around completely, you know, pretty, for the most part, completely anonymous. You know, people don't, you know, it was a, years and years ago when people go, oh, that's that. But I was walking down through the market and this guy said to me, hey, man, he goes, he goes anybody ever told you you look like that bloke Colin Hay? <laughs> and I said, yeah. I said, yeah, they have. And I said, what's really weird is I said, I've got the same name as him. And he goes, yeah, that is fucking weird, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. That's great. How, how are you with like, if somebody asks you for a selfie, do you, do you decline it or do you, are you pretty good about it? Well, I haven't done it for the last couple of years. <laughs> I'm going to purposely you know, run into you now in LA and be like, selfie me. You know, I'm going to tell you wrong. You're like, who are you? Everyone, everyone. Well, the first thing is if somebody doesn't have a mask on, then it's a definite no. no. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That that's the craziest shit now. It's like I even because my shows in January got canceled, obviously because Omicron is going crazy, so everything kind of got rescheduled, you know. And then, um, but before that, even kind of going back out a little bit, I'd be like, I demand, you know, uh, crowd be vaccinated, you know, and masks. But I'd still get one of the people running the show. Hey, they want you to go outside and take photos with them, and then I'd be like, Yeah. Uh, all right. And then I go to put my mask on. They'll be like, you're going to wear the mask. I'm like, what part of <laughs> like, what is wrong with people? It's insane. Yeah. You know? But, uh, but you know, it's crazy. Cause the, the audience doesn't care so much, but it's really like the venue. They're like, what if they don't come back? I'm like, I don't know. I'm leaving tomorrow. So that's your problem. <laughs> um, you handle that. Do you find, is it difficult? You, is it, are you finding it hard to, to, you know, request shit like that with places? No. That's good. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing, man. I, mean, I don't think there's you, really a you problem. Re- you request it, and then people don't do it. You know, so yeah, yeah. But yeah. you still request it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> they're like, that's nice. Yeah. Anyway, we're just gonna you know, I'm you know on the stage, and there's a couple of guys down the front. And they're not wearing masks, and uh, you know, they're they haven't you know haven't been skipping any meals. Let's put it like that. And uh, <laughs> and and you know, it's like. Close your mouth, would you, when you're breathing, pal? Yeah. <laughs> shallow breathe. Shallow breathe. Uh, if you <laughs> if you ever need to make it into the press, just do it. Like, stop your song in the middle of the show. Oh, man. It'll be like your record sales will go up. It'll just be <laughs> all of a sudden Colin A tells uh, anti-maskers, you know, and go nuts. Yeah, I was doing People. that the whole tour. We just did a tour, you know, and yeah, and they requested it. The the venue requested it, and then there's like five people with a mask on, you know. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, it's crazy. It's like that's the that's the thing with. The... I just I said to a couple of crowds, I said, "You trying to kill me, you people? This is like <laughs> you're all you're all getting together. This is like you're all getting together, right? We're gonna get them tonight, right? Yeah." <laughs> You know what would be great is if it actually only affected those people. Then I wouldn't care. You know what I mean? Like if it was like if it was like you know the rest of them that just eat fast food. You know it's not gonna hurt me. I'm not gonna be the one who you know dies of a fucking heart attack. Tell them we're dressing up as Western Outlaw. <laughs> yeah, make all your shows Western themed. That's a great idea. 
People, people love cowboy shit. Everybody thinks they're a cowboy. That's a great. Yeah, but those, idea. but those bandanas don't work. <laughs> That's so true. Unless your bandana is made out of N95, we'll hand out N95 yeah. bandanas. And you can't, and you can't see, you can't, you know, you can't be a cowboy and wear an, a, an N95. <laughs> so it's like have you seen have you seen Jed over there with his ninety five mask on? Oh my god. We're doing we're doing a crossover where it's a DuckTales Western and you got the duck mask and you know Oh that'd be great. That was a little bit of a stretch, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm sure some people went with me with it. <laughs> They're like you lost us. It's fine. <laughs> uh yeah it's a weird time man but i mean i mean it's cool that i'm glad you came out like i think coming out with a new album like now first of all now in the evermore is awesome um lo i love your stuff anyway so i'm biased but i love the album but like that's the kind of shit that i think kept people going like even like little live stream stuff during the pandemic like music is the thing that i think that you know everybody clings to during a, a shitty time so it's it's awesome that you came out with something new dude yeah, it comes out. I did a covers record uh, as well a few a few uh, a few months ago, and that was I did a I did a covers record called "I Just Don't Know What to Do with Myself." And uh, <laughs> which is a great '60s song, you know, Burt Bacharach song made famous by right. Dusty Springfield. But yeah, this this new album comes out in March the 18th. It comes out, so I'm very lucky because you know I was one one of those people that. You know, could I was forced to stay home in my studio and just mess around. So I was very, it was really great for me because normally, well, you probably know yourself, you're home for a few weeks and then you go, then you go back out again. So, right. So being home for like extend an extended period of time was really, was really great for me. I, I loved it. I felt almost yeah. quite guilty about the fact that I was, I was really happy being home. Yeah, I know what you mean. But it's nice to have like, some silver lining because you can acknowledge that there was just crappy stuff that was going on but like i think creatively like a lot of people you know had time to focus on you know themselves you know <coughs> kind of better themselves a little bit or create something new or that's the reason why we started doing this is because i you know couldn't tour and i wanted to talk to people i admired and yeah i and think then... it's i think i think you're right i think it was i think it it, it forced you to um think about a lot of things uh, you know mortality for one thing i mean yeah. A few things, a few horrendous things happened. I mean, millions of people died because of this thing. And before they had, before they had the vaccine, you know, I was really quite scared. You know, because I'm like 68 years old or something. I thought, well, you know, I'm, I have a history of bronchial asthma. You know, the last thing I want to do is end up on a with a on a with a ventilator. You know, yeah, ga gasping for air. You know, and that's right. what happened to so many people. Yep. And then when they got the vaccine, it's like, my God, give me that. Let me get into that <laughs> line. Yeah. Give me, give me that vaccine. People say, oh, you know, I'm really careful about what I put in my body. Really? Really? <laughs> the amount of things that I put in my body over my life, I should be dead 10 times, you know? Right. Yeah. So give me that vaccine. And, and they got that right. And it's, it's proved to be, you know, to save to have proved to have saved, you know, countless, countless lives. And so yeah, we're on the right track. We just have to, I mean, it's just a shame. There's so many people that, um, that don't want to get vaccinated. Um, cause it that, just, prolo it just prolongs the whole thing, you know?
Absolutely. And, uh, that- we could have we could have knocked her on the head months ago if if people had have realized that they're not separate from everybody else. Yeah, man. Yeah. I dude, that is that. I'm so glad to hear you say that too because it's so you know when you I don't know when you when you see some people who just don't have it you know down pat in their head what could have been done and they're famous you know what i mean or, or or they're you know people that you admire and they're just clueless about it or they're anti-vax you're like oh my god that's so heartbreaking you know like it's just like uh this is a because that's the, that is the whole spotify issue too with like the rogan stuff is like he's you know primarily anti-vax he right. he you know and and the misinformation that goes out to 90 million people yeah. you know through spotify you're like it's hard to combat that kind of stuff it's just yeah you feel helpless so you're like what do you do yeah it's it's really um it's is it criminal i would maybe i i feel that that's the thing man i i feel that's that's the craziest thing because it's the issue of you know people conflate it with free speech and which no one has a problem with it's ridiculous to assume anybody would but i think it's the difference of like you know you know the old thing where it's like you can scream fire or you know in a building or whatever like that's part of free speech but the thing is is the the twist is is that the dude who's screaming like there's an actual fire in the movie theater but the dude is now telling you that popcorn makes you fireproof so no one's leaving like yeah. that's that's the issue that i think is criminal you know like that's the it was a no, weird I analogy but i'll get it right no i think <laughs> yes. I, I, I think you're, i think you're correct it's really um i think this spreading misinformation is is um it's what's happening it's been happening i mean look the guy that was running the show he was yeah. doing that for four years you know and yeah uh, and everyone who's this ghastly gang of ghouls that, su- that support him are doing the same thing <laughs> yeah absolutely agree dude um well listen i, I don't want to keep you any longer i told you i keep you for an hour it's been a blast having you on i've got three more questions that we ask every guest Oh dear. Uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> first question is: um, If you had a, pe- if you could go back in time and talk to your younger <laughs> self, what would the advice be that would help you out today? Keep playing the piano. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, and and what in your, the next question is: uh, What in your life had to end, good or bad, uh, to lead you to where you are today? Drinking drinking yeah solid solid man i know it, it seems like a like that's just I, it's so true for so many people that's a very um, common theme with a lot of great artists it is i feel like because a it lot is. of great artists have uh, said the same oh you look i love to drink if i could have gotten away with keeping drinking i would have you know i tried mm-hmm. everything you know i shall only drink with food <laughs> uh, i shall only drink clear spirits <laughs> <laughs> I shall only drink beer and wine. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna only drink at mass, and then every night's mass. You're like, it's weird. I don't know. This guy just, loves church. Yeah. This <laughs> Blood. So, of Christ. so religious. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I. You know, yeah. That was that was the thing that had to go. Yeah. Sadly. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, and then the last question is, uh, in the theme of the show, if this was a true dystopia, right. And we're talking like alien zombies, volcano, the world, the world just breaking apart. Everything's going nuts. How, what would be your epic death? How would you want to go out? How would I want to go out? Yeah. 
What you mean, being killed by a zombie or something like yeah, that? Yeah, alien zombie, uh, meteor. Yeah, what is flying and spit? What would, what would be your the way we'd want to know to be going out? Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> with some kind of fantastic drug that they've got. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's the first time anybody said that. That's great. You know, I mean. <laughs> You go, oh, this is, oh, oh, fuck, does it? <laughs> oh, my. Who would you want to be doing that drug with? Well, I don't know. I mean, you, you didn't, if it was, you said it was, you said it was a break, it was a breakdown of, of yeah, yeah, of the could world, be, could, just chaos. Yeah, just could chaos. Be anyway. um, Who's left? I mean, I was, I was imagining that somebody was forcing me to. You know, oh, was it? forcing you to. You know, okay. I don't know. That's what I got from you. Was that? Yeah. Was that we were being attacked, and you know, we were being killed by all these different means, and you know, they can say to you, "Well, you, I'll give you three choices. You know, I've got a, <laughs> it's got a spear here, or you can, <laughs> or I can, I can give you this fabulous drug." So that, ah, oh, I love that. See, that's the kind of thing we have. We have an artist that works with the show, and whatever the guest says at the end is what she draws for the album cover for the episode of the show. So that is, I'm just going to have you being given choices: a spear, a bear, or this drug. Well, yeah, I'm, bear, I'm just going to picture John and Mister. Yeah, the, the bear. <laughs> the bear is good because there's a great, there's a great bear joke. You know, I love, oh. I love, I love jokes about bears, but it's too long. You know, but the punchline oh. of the punchline of the bear joke is the bear says to the guy, you know, you're not just in this for the sport, are you? <laughs> I, I know the joke. I know the joke. That's a great yeah. fucking joke. Yeah. I love, I love animal jokes. Wait, do you like animal jokes? <laughs> They're my favorite. I gotta, I gotta, yeah. I gotta tell you one. I gotta tell you one. It's such a, it's just a simple joke. A uh, guy walks into a bar and he sees a horse behind the bar cleaning a glass and he's just staring yeah. at him. And the horse is staring back at him and he's just cleaning the glass. And the horse goes, what's the matter? You never see a horse 10 bar before? He goes, no, it's not that. I just never thought the cow would sell the place. <laughs> just, it's a stupid, <laughs> silly little joke. But I just like, I just love the twist. I got I got one more for you. Uh -huh. Guy walks into a bar, huge, huge crocodile, sets it down on the bar. And the bartender goes, you can't bring that in here. Are you crazy? And he goes, he's totally harmless, completely harmless. Watch. And he takes his takes his dick out and he puts it in the alligator's mouth. And he's just sitting there and goes, see, not that it's fine. Anybody else want to try? And the guy at the end of the bar goes, I'd do it. I just don't know if I could hold my mouth open for that long. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my I got more animal jokes, but I'll let you go. <laughs> I, have I, love a feeling, I have a feeling you have quite a few, John. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's all i do is animal jokes um that's my whole thing oh my god man well it was just, it was a blast just, having you today i saw today uh, today i saw an ad for a for a, a television for sale it was only a dollar and but mm -hmm. it said that the the volume is locked on on full and i thought wow i can't turn that down <laughs> <laughs> oh, i love it was that is that your favorite joke no no, nope. it's just the, the last one? one. The last one that came to me uh, today, a Beautiful. friend of mine. Love it. But um, yes. no good. No, I just my dog just came over and he's he's hassling me. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's I like, just imagined your dog in the corner, enough. like wrap it up. <laughs> yes, he was. He was standing here, just going doing that. 
His tail was going. He was going. What the fuck? You <laughs> said an hour. Because as far yeah. as he, as far as he's concerned, I'm talking to nobody. You know. <laughs> he doesn't oh know God. that you're there at all. Yeah, I just realized our pets must think we're nuts. I was gonna say so. He knows our audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, dude, dude, it was it was truly an honor to talk to you and get to get to hang out with you for an hour, man. So thanks right. so much. Yes, thank See you, you so later, much. Guys. It was such yep. a pleasure. See you later, man. Have Peace. a great one. Thank you. Dystopia tonight.